the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, radio host on Jen and Don, and frequently on The Morning Answer, and chapter leader for Act for America in Corona. Great to be with you. And we have a guest. Uh, last week we had Katie Hopkins, who's going to be speaking at the Unite IE Conservative Conference on April 8th. And we have another uh, speaker, Evan Sayet, who was actually, he did the first three conferences, took a break last year, and we have him back uh, to speak at this year's conference. And Evan is a great mix of, he's both a comedian and a, uh, and a serious political commentator. Uh, though it reminds me, someone asked uh, Will Rogers where he gets all of his material. He says, I just read the newspapers. And that would be Evan. Welcome yeah. to the United England Empire radio show, Evan. Well, it's actually, well, thank you, guys. It's actually easy to get the material, not just from the newspapers, but the jokes themselves write themselves, because the, the key to a joke is that the punchline is 180 degrees from the setup. And because the modern liberal is always not just wrong, but diametrically opposed to right, the, the joke is just sitting right there. You know, I'll, I'll give you like a, an example of, of the perfectly structured, perfectly written joke. It's the tiniest bit less gay and misogynistic, but it was Go said by it. Steve Martin. It was said by Steve Martin many years ago, so blame him, not me. But he said, I like to put a woman on a pedestal. Right now, in your mind, you're thinking he admires women, he reveres women, he treats them uh, in, in a special way. The joke is, I like to put a woman on a pedestal, just high enough so I can see up her dress. Oh! <laughs> exactly. Right? If the punchline remains true to the setup, if you put a woman on a pedestal, you can see up her but it's 180 degrees from what you were led to believe. Exactly. And so when you, when you see Democratic Party policy, you're led to believe that it's uh, a heartfelt and hopefully good and, and will ameliorate whatever the situation is. And then you get to the punchline, and sadly, it's 180 degrees from what you anticipated. It is always destructive. And, and so material is, is easy to write because the Democrats, you know, uh, Saul Alinsky said ridicule is the most powerful weapon of all. It is easy to ridicule the left because they're ridiculous. If I can borrow and extend your analogy or joke into the current political environment, uh, one of the things that occurs to me about the Trump era is that the Trump era has allowed us to put Democrats on a pedestal for the same reason. We now can totally see what their agenda is, if I could make it clean it up just a tad. Um, so so in today's environment, Evan, in California, behind the great blue line that separates California from the rest of the country, is there hope for California and will people find it 
at the Unite IE Conservative Conference where you can still get tickets uh, and you can actually walk up to the Riverside Convention Center uh, and get general session tickets. The doors open at 1. Uh, general session starts right at one thirty, and the conference will run until 4.30. Uh, is there hope, Evan? I think there's hope on three fronts. I, I, I think there's evidence of hope uh, three different ways. One of them is take a look at Wisconsin. Take a look at Michigan. Take a look at Pennsylvania. Who thought Hillary thought there was so little hope in Wisconsin she didn't even visit the state? You know, so when, when you think this is hopeless, take, take a look at this last election where we won places that we hadn't won since before. You know, California wasn't always blue. You know, we had Ronald Reagan, we had uh, Wilson, we had Duke Magian. I'm leaving somebody out. Uh, he became uh, yes. police commissioner, I believe. Uh, at any rate, uh, so there's, there's hope on, on, on two fronts, and really... We got to come out in numbers. We got to—it's self-defeating to have this hopelessness because this hopelessness makes us stay at home and not vote. Where the reality is, if we vote in the numbers that we are, you know, if the people in Fresno and and in the the, the, the middle of the uh, of the state who have been so devastated by the government-created drought, if they come out in the numbers that the people in rural and even just suburban Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania did. Yeah, we have the numbers to win. Beautiful. We are about, this event is about getting off the couch, strapping on the uniform, and getting on the playing field of politics and getting a little dirty, because that is the only way we're going to take it back. You study the left, Evan, um, and you and then you turn it into political commentary and humor. What is it in the DNA of the left that, that uh, causes them to be... Uh, you know, so natural at organizing, so natural at standing on street corners and protesting, so natural at being able to flip long-held traditions in this country, everything from marriage to the sanctity of life and abortion. How have they been able to worm their way in over decades and flip these closely held, deeply held beliefs that are part of America, but yet now... Um, we find ourselves having to defend uh, against the further encroachment of their agenda. Well, for one thing, they have nothing else to do. There is nothing else. <laughs> the reality is it's difficult for us to, to occupy uh, Wall Street because we have to go home and take care of our kids. We've got to go to the office. We've got to open the, the, the store that we own. Uh, we've got to coach Little League. We've got to go to church. Because liberals have nothing in their lives, and you know, it's funny. I just I just wrote this uh, today about the, the TV show Seinfeld and how it's a show about nothing. And because the liberal life is about nothing, not not family, not job, not God, not country. So really, they've got a ton of time to sit around and 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 do the destructive things that they do. They don't build anything. They nearly destroy what other people have built. And you look in California, the results of Democrat governance of California, where there's the highest poverty rate, it would be the 17th most unequal country if it was a country. It has 12% of the population and 20% of the homeless, 34% of the welfare recipients. Gas is a dollar a gallon here more than ever, everywhere else. All electricity is much more expensive. You go on and on. Not enough water you talked about. 
And yet people, the people that are hurt most by Democrat policies are their most loyal voters, and the Republicans have been totally unable to make a case against Democrat governance in California. Well, here's here's the issue. It, it goes specifically to the disparity in income that you talk about, because the Democrats are the party of the rich, the very rich, the very, very rich, and the very, very, very rich, and the poor who need government assistance. The rich and the very rich and the very, very, very rich aren't affected by bad policy. If, if, if the liberals destroy the public schools, it doesn't matter. Their kids go to private schools. If crime is, is infesting the inner cities, they don't live in the inner cities. They, they live in gated communities with private security. So they're unaffected by Democratic Party policy and can vote uh, in, in a way that is destructive to the general population because they are outside the general population. It's the middle class, the people who rely on services, the people who rely on good schools to educate their children, uh, public schools. They're the people who are hurting, and they're the people who would vote Republican, but they keep leaving the state because they can't afford it. So the poor are subsidized, the rich don't care, and the middle class is gone. That's a Democratic Party state. You also throw in the government employees. There's a large percentage of the people that they are, they're, they're on the dole that way as government employees, and certainly they're not going to do anything to disrupt the, uh, the, the, the wagon that they're riding on. Democrats right. been, Sorry, Evan, we got to take a quick right. break. I want to set up the next segment with this. Democrats have been bragging for the last 24 hours about how they've registered over 1 million illegal aliens for driver's licenses and what the implications of that are. We also have a little bit of news coverage on the Unite IE Conservative Conference in the Orange County Register that is a little spicy. And we'll talk to Evan about that when we continue on the Unite Inland Empire radio program. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, Call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed, he's a good guy, he'll talk to you like a friend, and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. We are back with a friend of the show, a friend of the conference, and a friend of all conservatives that are trying to figure out how to do battle with those on the left. Evan Sayet, he's a political commentator and a genius comedian described by many as 
brilliant, uh, a moniker he loves to share. And it's deserved. Uh, you know, Evan, uh, I, we just saw you at a function out here at the Inland Empire. The Mountain View Republican Club had a gala to benefit and recognize the military. And, dude, I got to tell you, you were on fire that night. I could see so many threads of the work that you've been doing over the years coming together. And uh, hats off to you. And I can't wait for folks to hear from you at the Unite IE Conference on Sunday, April 8th. At the Riverside Convention it's, it's, Center, starting yeah. at, doors open at 1 o'clock, and you can still buy tickets at the door for $40. And in addition to Evan, we got uh, Sebastian Gorka, Larry Elder, Katie Hopkins, Travis Allen, John Cox are all going to be there, and all very much worth that price of admission. Absolutely. Now, let's let Evan bathe in the uh, gratuitous promotion that we laid on him there at the beginning of the segment. Well, that's how you get me on your show, guys. I mean, it's, it's a quid, it's a quid pro quo. I'm not on for the pleasure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it doesn't give me pleasure, but I'd be doing other things except, yeah, you just plug me. That's your job. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Your website, by the way, evansayit.com, your book, uh, The Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks, is a must-have for every conservative's uh, library, particularly around holiday time when you're getting ready to have those intimate conversation with family members who see the world differently from you. There are some people that see the world differently from us. They've been writing about our event. There's an article in the Orange County Register that likes that starts off with a rather provocative line. Uh, his critics call him an extremist, an Islamophobe, and a friend of neo-Nazis, but the United Inland Empire Conservative Conference calls is calling Sebastian Gorka its keynote speakers. You know, and this comes from someone that I regarded as uh, as uh, friendly to, you know, or, or friendly in air quotes to us, but this is a rather provocative way to start an article off. Oh, it's, it's stunningly insulting, and, and I am I'm taking uh, umbrage and, and uh, angst from it. Uh, really? He's the keynote speaker? I'm not? <laughs> Don, I told you not to tell Evan that. <laughs> well, you know, if you're willing to uh, accidentally carry a gun onto an airline and uh, wear a, some pin on your lapel that would tie you to some long-forgotten neo-Nazi group, then, um, you know, maybe you can ratchet up your bad press. And they say in, in media, bad press is good press. But the truth is, I don't get the kind of attention other people do. Uh, for, for example, all of my friends have fatwas. You know, whether it's Pamela Geller, Robert Spencer, all of my, I don't have a fatwa. And, and, you know, what do you have to do to get a fatwa around here? You gotta draw Muhammad, Evan, don't you know? I actually had one of the most famous and far-reaching tweets in all of tweet history. Uh-huh. It, it was around, it was at the time that Pamela Geller held her event in, in Garland, Texas. Right. And part of that event was a Draw Muhammad cartoon contest. Yep. And my tweet was, my two favorite drawings at the Pamela Geller event were the two chalk outlines out front. Yes. Wow. That... That's angered the yeah, that angered the left. Uh, it was a tweet heard around the world. There were articles written about it across America, across Europe, and even in the Tanzanian Times that said <laughs> American comedian mocks the prophet. And you couldn't and get you a couldn't fatwa. Get a, There's no justice in the world. Yeah, here they come. I can hear them coming for you, Evan. <laughs> right? Where's my fatwa, guys? I know. That, if anything, you deserved a fatwa for that. That's, uh, that's, that's, that isn't borderline genius. That is genius. That's the genius <laughs> and the creativity that comes uh, Actually, from you. I, I, 
I prefer to call it brilliant, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah. All right. We're joking. <laughs> We're joking, but there's, there's a serious point here. Is Pamela Geller and Robert Spencer have to have live under security guards because Muslim, because they're legitimately afraid that Muslims are going to kill them because of what they said. But it's not just the Muslims. It's the American left. Yep. It, it, you know, it's, it's not uh, the Muslims that, that, were, that made Ben Shapiro have to have bodyguards. You know, it's not the Muslims who David Horowitz has to have bodyguards from. It, it's the violent American left that, that seeks to shut down free speech because they know they cannot win in, in, a, in a battle of words. So the only way they can win is in employing violence and threats, intimidation, and demagoguery. That's all they have. I would like to do a slight correction in our verbiage that we use. Let's use the word Islamists to describe the people that we're talking about. Because I actually know some people who claim to be Muslims. Uh, they are true. Uh, these people happen to be true conservative Americans, um, and I'm not afraid of them at all. I wish if if every individual that practiced Islam was like these individuals, we would not have this problem today. Sure. So, I, I but completely. Yep. But. It's, there are people that go out and say horrible things about Christians and Jesus. There's a, or is a quote artist, unquote, who did a, uh, work of quote art, unquote, with a crucifix in a jar of urine and took a picture of it. You know, Greg, and, and, and there's, by the and, way, and, and it, this person. It was then put on, it was then put on display with public funds. It was then given prestigious awards and quite, maybe it's not coincidental, but, as happenstance would have it, I was just an hour ago writing about this. And I made the point that there is no artistic standard by which that piece of art, uh, that, that work, right. is beautiful. Yep. The only reason that they consider it beautiful is that it is vicious and malicious towards Christians. And proof of the pudding is, if uh, the artist... Had, had done exactly the same work, exactly the same in every single way, but instead of a cross, he had used a, a Muslim crescent. These same people would consider this not only ugly, but the ugliest thing in the world, the evil of bigotry. Right, and the point... So a- absolutely yeah, right. Yep. And the point I was, I, was, I, was, I was heading towards is this, that that artist did not have to fear from any of the more than one point, more than two billion Christians in the world, not a single one of them has threatened him with, with, with violence, has tried to take any violence action against him, or done anything against this supposed work of art. Well, wait a minute, that's not quite entirely true. There's a cult out of Texas called the Westboro Baptist that would have shown up across the street with protest signs. And yelled at him. Okay. And yelled at him. Okay, that's a little bit different. <laughs> but what, but what, what, what's, what's interesting, and I pointed this out to a leftist friend of mine, who constantly refers to the Westboro Baptist, that there are probably, I, I haven't a clue, I'm going to have to make up a number, 50,000, 100,000 churches and congregations around America? More. Exactly. And all they can do is name that one fringe, ostracized group uh, over and over and over again and, and, and attempt to portray them as the mainstream Christian. Yep, absolutely. 
I want to mention one other thing about this article about the event that appeared in the Orange County Register, Evan and Greg. Uh, they go on to talk about Katie Hopkins and some things that he, she has said in the past that, you know, you dig into any political commentator's past, you can probably find an inflammatory analogy or two. They mention those, but they fail to mention that she was just in L.A., did a two-day expose on Skid Row, a topic, I mean, uh, an area of L.A. that not a single reporter has the guts to go down and report on because it represents a failure of the policies of the left. They didn't report on the conditions that these people are living in, the literal human filth and waste that they're living in. But yet Katie Hopkins, someone from Britain, comes across the pond, reports on it. They don't even mention that in the article. They mention these old, worn-out tropes to describe Katie Hopkins, who has also exposed the hor- the horrific conditions under uh, 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 that are unfolding in Africa for the farmers down there that are being attacked routinely by these gangs that rove the countryside. D- they don't even talk about that. She has to go report on that. This is an example of the deceptiveness of the reporting that goes on, even about our little old event out here in the Inland Empire. Well, uh, and, and what needs to be recognized is that when Donald Trump and, by extension, the rest of us mention fake news, it doesn't mean that everything the newspaper makes, uh, everything the newspaper reports is wholly fabricated. What is fabricated is the narrative that they create by choosing what it is they report and what it is they cover up, what it is they put in the headline and, and the main, uh, the, the first few paragraphs, and what they bury at the very, very end. It, it's not, uh, for example, in, in, in Ferguson, Missouri, it's not that Michael Brown wasn't shot. Of course he was. But it's the rest of the narrative that they created, this sweet, innocent, gentle giant with his hands up, pleading, don't shoot, was gunned down by, in cold blood by yet another evil white racist cop. That's the fake news. So, you know, all good propagandists know you include a kernel of truth to your reporting, to your your effort. But uh, the entire narrative that we are in in some way, or Sebastian Gorka is in some way uh, affiliated with Nazism, that's fake news. It absolutely is. We've got just a couple of minutes with Evan Say It left. We've got to take a quick break to honor our uh, sponsors for this half hour. The, uh, the takeaway from this article, Evan, is that articles like this show us that if you're taking incoming fire, you're over the target. And we are definitely over the target with the Unite Inland Empire radio program. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor for this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, Call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. 
Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747. And California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And if you want to learn more about how you can fulfill your obligations and find other people to do them with, Come to the Unite IE Conservative Conference on April 8th. Uh, doors open at 1 o'clock, and we have online with us one of our speakers, uh, commentator and comedian Evan Sayet, who will be opening the show for us on, on Sunday. And it's $40, and it's going to be well worth the price of admission for Evan Sayet, Katie Hopkins, Sebastian Gorka, Travis Allen, John Cox, and others. Larry this Elder is going and to Hugh be Hewitt. A, and this is going to be a, a great, great program, and we're so pleased to have Evan on the line with us to tell us more about it in our party in our parting moment here what are people going to hear when they walk in and hear you speak at the general session to open us up you know i have a overriding theme uh which is to explain how it is the modern liberal it's anybody born after world war ii and getting worse with each successive generation why it is that he rejects facts, rejects reason, and in doing so, invariably sides with evil over good, wrong over right, ugly over beautiful, profane over profound, uh, and so on. Quite literally, the modern liberal is not only always wrong, he is always diametrically opposed to all that is good, right, and true. I give the example of Ferguson, Missouri, where they sided with and then lied about uh, Michael Brown. Look at the Middle East. How you look at this tiny liberal, liberal democracy of Israel, surrounded by the most homophobic, xenophobic, uh, misogynistic, and I do believe even a little bit anti-Semitic uh, Muslim nation, and decide that the problem is not only the Jews, but the Jews are the worst people on the planet, the only ones that you attempt to strangle to death economically through sanctions and boycotts and divestment. How does the modern liberal think? And that is something I answer both comedically, which I'm going to do on Sunday, and in my serious works as well. We can't thank you enough for spending a moment with us here from your busy day. Get back to work on your book there, sir. We will uh, look forward to a new book from Evan Sayed at some point in time. We can't uh, take up too much of your time in order to, uh, uh, you know, we don't want to distract from that major work that's getting ready to pour out of your brilliant mind, Evan. That, that's correct, because this radio show is, is going to be heard in Riverside and, and its environment. But my book is going to be read by everyone. So let me get back to it. All right, sir. God bless you. Thanks Thank for you, being Evan. with us. Come out and see Evan on April 8th for the United IE Conservative Conference. We'll be back with more. You're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We sit here on the eve 
of the fifth annual Unite IE Conservative Conference with an amazing roster of speakers. And I've seen feedback on Facebook as we've been promoting this event. People are excited about this. People keep commenting, what a great lineup of speakers. Uh, I'm going or I said I can't go. This promises to possibly be one of the best uh, Unite IE Conservative Conferences we've had yet. Well, it's going to be the best one, and you can still attend. You can show up at the door tomorrow starting at 1 o'clock and buy tickets at the door for the afternoon session. Or you session. can show up earlier than 1 and still buy tickets for the afternoon session. You True. don't have to wait till 1 o'clock. In fact, I advise it because I have a feeling there's going to be a crush of people wanting to buy tickets at the door. So get there early, uh, 12, 12, 30. Get your tickets and uh, join us. And we have a, one of our speakers we interviewed last week. We're going to replay the interview because it was because she was so good at it. And this is what a sample of what you're going to get at the conference. Last year, there was a guest on the Tucker Carlson show who was introduced as the most hated woman in Britain. I said, well, I want to know more about her. Absolutely. Anybody that Britain hates, I want, I want to know. And ever since, ever since that interview, I have dreamed for the day in which we could have Katie Hopkins, the most hated woman in Britain, on our show, and today is the day. Dreams do come true. They do. (laughs) You're so sweet, boys, but I really, people are always, when they meet me, they're really disappointed, I mean, just generally in life, but also they're really disappointed because I'm so little, so, you know, I'm only like five foot seven and and like a hundred and whatever, 30 pounds, and people are always like, but you're so little, and I was like, well, what what were you expecting? What, What, why do you think I'm big? And it's something to do with this reputation as being the biggest bitch or the biggest cowbag or the nastiest woman in Britain. Somehow they imagine then you're enormous, like a monster. And so they're really disappointed when they meet me because I'm just this little, you know, mom of three kids who's a, a very regular person. I'm just the sort of person that you might bump into in the supermarket. Well, you so, have, um, I'm not in our supermarkets. <laughs> yeah, not in our supermarkets. You are, and I want to add to that description, you are tremendously delightful and engaging in person. We just had that lovely moment over at the Four Seasons after you spoke for the David Horowitz Freedom Center this past week, yes. which is part of the reason you're in the United States. We'll get to the other reasons, but it was it was so refreshing to have somebody who uh, is is real. You're a great storyteller. You love everything about you know the free enterprise system, freedom of speech, free, free, free yeah. liberty. And here's the country that almost birthed this country, and you guys are regressing in the opposite direction. And, and to the point to where, as Greg said, you're, you're hated for those values. Yes, exactly. And and that's why it's lovely to be over here. There's a sense of being amongst something that we've lost in the UK, but that I can helpfully bring the message as someone who loves their country, who, you know, is willing to fight for their country. And I guess I, I do now in the media um, is that my message is always do not let yourselves fall as the UK has fallen and do not let yourselves become like us. I was reading a great quote the other day and someone said, uh, when the British told us to lay down our arms we shot them (laughs) and I think it's very true and I think it's something that's very you know it's a pertinent comment for right about now when you have people attacking your second amendment rights it is it is very poignant one of the go ahead Greg when you say England has fallen what do you mean I think if I if I explain it probably best as a mom um I my children in their schools, they were in a state school system because I kind of wanted them to grow up with regular people and, you know, see that we come from all different spaces. My children, um, my girls, they were supposed to go and visit the mosque, but then they were supposed to go and visit the mosque three times 
in one term um, to understand Islam. And then I found in the textbooks um, they had to study Islam and they had to understand that there was only one God and that was Allah. And then I found um, that they were going to school and they had to dress in Muslim dress for the day and cover their heads so they could experience what it was like to be a Muslim. And then on the streets of the UK we have places where women like me, but obviously I will go, but women like me won't go, where if you walk down the street now without your head covered or without a full-length robe on, you'll be spat at. There are other places where you just wouldn't go because it's dangerous, and many of our major cities, I would suggest probably all, are worked by a network of men, mostly Pakistani Muslims in origin, who are abusing our daughters. Mm. And that's a, a country that has lost itself. And in addition to that, this is where Americans always ask one question. It's the difference between the UK and America. Americans always ask, why don't you fight back? Where are the men that will fight for their daughters and their wives? Why aren't we fighting? And it's exactly that. Instead of fighting back. What we're doing is we're told to put our heads down. We're told not to be Islamophobic. And people like me, of course, are picked off uh, and made examples of uh, for being hate speakers uh, because we try and call this thing out. And, and perhaps one of a, a, an example I could give you our BBC News, our state broadcaster, paid for by us, the taxpayer. You know, we're not, they're not allowed to use the word Muslim, and they won't use it with these uh, groomers, these people that rape our girls. They have to use euphemisms like Asian, or they use the word right. Oxford men, or men from the former Yugoslavia, it, it, which is a, it's a deceit, actually, and it, it is not journalism. This beautiful voice that you're hearing on the radio right now belongs to Katie Hopkins. You can follow her on Twitter at at sign KT Hopkins. She's got a great website as well, HopkinsWorld.com, and recently became part of the Rebel Media team. So this is this is exciting news. And you've got a book, a book that I actually got oh a copy. Don't read it. Yeah, don't read it. Well, no. yes. Don't you, read it. You told me not to read certain chapters yeah. when you signed it. Yeah. It's called Rude, and I told I'm lo- looking forward to the next edition called Ruder, which which is don't read it. No, read it. so you're only allowed to read chapter four. So chapter right. four is fine. I don't mind that. That's fine. But the rest of it, honestly. You know, there's, there's Katie that steps outside her door. You know, I have a suit on, I put on my little trainers, my sneakers, and off I go and stick my nose in other people's business, and that's what I do, and that's me. Then there's this other me that's like private me, me with my husband, me with my disastrous first marriage, me with three children, and mussing up everything, and generally being a disaster in my private life. And that's the me I, I put in this book. Mm. I, I sat on my own in the dark and wrote it between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. for about six months. And then I kind of forgot that at some point people were also going to read this book so it's full of just too many truths i've overshared massively but one thing that i've taken from the book and one thing i love about it is that when it's um i go into sign and i write little messages for people they email in right they're always from women or men who are sending this book to someone who's overcome something or who has something disastrous in their life or maybe their marriage is a disaster or they've got a health problem or they survived cancer and maybe there's something about this book is about how we can overcome all of our disasters because we've all got disasters and skeletons in our closet but we can still say no look I know who I am I'm okay with myself and I'm going to march forwards and, and I guess that's what Rude delivers behind a lot of kind of mocking of myself and it's a byline <laughs> of your book overcoming because a lot of people don't realize that you've overcome massive adversity in your life, Greg. You know, this is the most innovative book marketing strategy I have ever seen. (laughs) 
an author telling people, don't read my book. I know. I just, I just, please don't get it. Please don't read it. Or maybe if you read it, maybe you read it like, um, you know, when you're little, or I do it now still because I'm childish, but you know, when you watch a horror movie through your fingers, maybe read it like that with like your fingers over your eyes, just so you can only see little bits of it, but not all of it. There you go. Yeah, that's my thought. One of the things that really I... More seriously, that that I admire in your activism and in your description, I don't see you, you describing yourself as an activist, but you really are. Is you're not one who just you write articles or books in in the safety of your home, go on television and give us your opinion on things. You are out there. On the pointy end of the activist spear, whether it's, we'll talk about it in Skid Row in L.A., on the farms in South Africa, in the very dangerous migrant camps in Calais, in the no-go zones in Sweden, you're out there covering the stuff that the media is yeah. unwilling to. I think that's it. I think there's probably two sides to it. One, uh, I definitely have that, that kind of sense of, I know, I'll go and look, and then I'll tell people what I saw. So it probably is, is something they used to call journalism, and we don't have any more. But I just go and look and then tell people what I see, and then people can decide what they think of that or whether I'm talking nonsense or whatever. That's fine. But I went and I saw, and I told you what I saw. And I think the other thing is, very often, me people like me, maybe you guys, maybe other conservatives, the left are very quick to stick a label on us. Um, racist, I'll go through my labels, racist, misogynist, bigot, homophobe, fattist, sexist. Uh, I'm all those things. Um, I'm told I am, I'm sure. But I think by saying, okay, you stick those labels on me in order that you signpost to other people that they should ignore me or humiliate me or call me names. But if I just go see and I show you what I saw, it doesn't really matter what labels you stick on me. I'm just going to show you this stuff. And in many ways, that's much harder for people to argue with. And it's something I'm encouraging. I encourage all young people to do. You know, if you, you see people, and say, well, how can I do something about this? How can I make a difference? Go and, go and find the quiet story. Go to your local council meeting. Go to a town centre nearby you. Look around and look. What's the quiet story? And make your own little story about that. Report on that. Because I think the quiet stories in the margins are where the realities and the truths of our, ourselves and our humanity are revealed. And our, our mainstream media spends too much time, very much like my eight-year-old soccer team, all the little boys running around, all chasing the same ball, because it's lazy and it's easy and it's exciting. Don't chase that ball. Stand away on the soccer pitch and find the quieter story. I think that's what we need to do. That's a beautiful thing, and I wish more journalists would do that. More with Katie Hopkins coming up after the break. One of the keynote speakers at the 5th Annual Unite IE Conservative Conference on April 8th. You can still get tickets by walking up to the convention center in Riverside and get them at 1230. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. 
Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. We are replaying our interview from last week of Katie Hopkins, who's going to be one of our great speakers at the Unite IE Conservative Conference tomorrow afternoon at the Riverside Convention Center. And she was so good replaying our interview with her. And you can come here see her in person by coming out to the Riverside Convention Center. Get your tickets starting at 1230, and it's going to be well worth the price of admission. General session? Start opens doors open at one, uh, starts at one thirty, runs till four thirty. Come out and connect with the groups all across the Inland Empire that are doing the heavy lifting to make this year's midterm successful for the conservative candidates that are running throughout the Inland Empire. Katie, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. I had the opportunity the other day to hear your firsthand report of what you experienced in LA's Skid Row. Tell us how you came to want to go to Skid Row in order to document the tragic conditions that are unfolding there. Mm. I, I, you know, have been to L.A. a number of times, and I I guess I've done what everyone's done. So people will point out as they're driving by, oh, through there, down there, that's Skid Row. You don't want to go there. Or a hotel I popped into to borrow a a map. You know, they'd even taken, um, so on their hotel map of the whole area, they'd taken a sticker of maybe the underground system or some such and stuck it over Skid Row so that a physical kind of representation of, of how we operate, actually, if we pretend it's not there, if we cover over it, um, then maybe it will go away or, or maybe we don't have to worry about it. So I decided, right, okay, I'll go tell my truth uh, by going and having a look. So I spent two days, two nights on Skid Row and um, with the people living there, about 4,000 people, I would say about 400,000 rats, uh, I'd suggest, oh within gosh. that small area. The rats now are at a population size where you can see at any given moment 10 or 20 rats, they run over your feet, they will bite really? your ankles, the fleas. Yeah, the, the, the rats... Uh, it, it is a river of rats. Um, it is a sea of human waste, sewage, and effluent. Um, and the people live amongst and in that and, and up to their knees in that at times. And the, and the pathways there and the roads are slippy with the stuff. So my sense is it was worse than I imagined. The people there, I, I think of it, the analogy I draw probably looking at them, watching them, is almost like if you were drowning at sea, you know. It, there's a certain point where you're still able to reach up and grab a rope, or you're still able to reach up and grab a life ring or a life raft, you know, but these people aren't there anymore. They're not, they're already below the surface. They're at the point where they, they're drowning and they can no longer reach for help. So this idea that you provide them with missions, you provide them with places to get food, you provide them with opportunities to do artwork or the lamp uh, project, I understand it, but for these people, they are lost. They are beyond help. And until we take direct action and enable these people into places where they live in secure units with medical assistance 24-7, we get the military in to clean Mm -hmm. that whole area. Until we take action like that, we aren't going to address this problem. And and that's my takeaway from Skid Row. And my message really to Democrats is (laughs) please stop talking about dreamers. Please stop talking about sanctuaries. Please stop talking about this issue like it's a spa and it's a health resort and it's all beautiful. Go to Skid Row, stand knee-deep in the stuff I've stood in, and that's the problem you need to address. So, so that's kind of my push to the Democrats and to the Democrat mayor of L.A. who's responsible for the area. And you quoted in your speech in, in L.A. recently as you were describing, I quoted a passage describing London in the 1600s and how bad it was and that was what you found there on the streets of LA today. 
Mm, if, if you go even on Wikipedia and look up London in the 1600s and read that, and the slums and the slops were thrown out onto the streets, and the human waste was everywhere, and the rats were among the waste, and then the fleas from the rats were what bit people and gave them the bubonic plague. I think that is precisely the description now. London in the 1600s is precisely the description of Skid Row March 2018, and it's the fleas on the rats that are going to spread this thing. And they don't really care about the, the fact that you live in a nice neighbourhood. And those rats won't observe the fact that you've got a nice gate or nice grass. They'll come. And so I think there's a public human health hazard, a time bomb in the centre of LA, just about to go off or about to hit summer and peak population. And, I, I, you know, I think maybe at that point, the Democrats will realise this is an issue they have to address. I think there's... Probably a larger issue, and that maybe applies both in UK and Europe as well as here. You look at this problem, you look at what's happening with crime in the United Kingdom, where it's skyrocketing, there's not enough police, but the, and the police are focusing on online hate crimes rather than real crimes. You've got uncontrolled immigration, you've got people living like you've seen here. And the ruling class in both countries think they are morally and intellectually our superiors, but when you look at the results of their governance, it's anything but. Do you see that overall connection? Absolutely. And I think, uh, as a general principle for me, uh, probably comes from my background in the military, but I think there's way too much tea and sympathy and tears. There's always too much taking time to understand. Understand the criminal. Understand uh, this person. Make this person into a victim of society. You know, we must embrace these people that seek to do us harm or who have dropped out from society or don't contribute. I think there's been too much of that attitude and a failure. You know, two words that have almost disappeared from our language are, you know, personal responsibility or accountability. And those are the messages we need to be driving home. And if people aren't responsible and can no longer be accountable, then we have to take the kind of direct action that's needed to clear the problem up. Um, I've got to, you know, I don't have time. And I don't think we have time. I don't think the UK has time for tears and sympathy anymore. You know, we need to take a lot firmer stance on these issues. And that's why someone like China, heavily criticized often, of course, but someone like China doesn't have these kinds of problems because it's simply not allowed to happen. And I think we need to take more of that kind of stance. We have too many topics to get to with someone like you that's been out and about in the world. One of them I want to make sure we get to, and then we want to wrap up with some of your thoughts about how you view where America is under the uh, new leadership of our president. South Africa. This is a story most people in the United States have no idea of what's unfolding there. Tell us, you went to South Africa. There's a, I want to say, a new government uh, or a new approach to dealing with an old issue. What's unfolding for the farmers and mostly white farmers in South Africa that you went and saw firsthand? Mm, and, and in brief, I suppose, the yes. most helpful outline I can give is I went to South Africa because I've been contacted so many times by uh, white farmers there who are being, I call it genocided. They're being systematically cleansed from the land. Mm. So the black leadership, the ANC, the leading political party, has just stood up and said, yes, we are going to deliver land expropriation without compensation. And what that means is we're going to take back your land. 
And so that, that's being given, that's permission, if you will, for black gangs to get into white farms, to attack the white farmer and his wife and his children, and to kill them, kill their children, and get them off the land. And it sounds overdramatic, and it sounds like I'm being wildly radical, but actually the rates this year, 110 farm attacks in 2018 on white farmers, 15 murders so far. And without wanting to distress any of your listeners, you know, there's two or three hours of torture involved in these farm attacks using uh, implements, weapons, machetes, irons, hot irons are plugged in and taken to farmers' wives and their children in front of their dads in order to humiliate them. So there's this idea of vengeance as part of this as well. And the police there estimate that within three years, there will be no more white farmers Mm. left in South Africa. Tragic, of to say the least. And I got to tell you, when you rolled that story out at the Horowitz Center the other day, I mean, I felt myself being brought to tears. You do. You're a great storyteller. You really brought it to life. And uh, the, the couple of minutes we had to give to that story were, were definitely not enough. But folks can go to your website, hopkinsworld.com, and learn more about what you saw there, the pictures, and so forth. One of the yeah. things... I'm sorry, to that point, there will be, I've just been in Canada putting it together, there will be a documentary out early summer, and that will be a 45-minute documentary, which I'm hoping to put under the noses of the mainstream, so maybe some people can start talking about it. Wonderful. One of the things that I also admire about your work, and maybe you can, how you approach this, is you have the gift or the learned ability or the combination to combine emotion and reason in your speaking which is which why I find this so effective. How do you, as, as, as trying to persuade people, how do you approach that? Mm, and I think it all comes down to being a really average person. <laughs> I think it comes down to, you know, I was just this kind of kid that, you know, my dad came out of normal house. Um, we weren't rich at all. I, I grew up, I worked at, at the Wimpy, which is like a fast food restaurant chain for, for forty an hour. What's that, $2 an hour when I was 14? And I worked my way up through little jobs all the way through. I'm, I'm a mum uh, with three kids. So I, I have this kind of regular person's perspective on the world. And, and that's very much how I look at stories. If I imagine myself telling a story, I, I might go and live in South Africa for three w- weeks with white farmers and, and be detained at the border and have my passport taken and come under attack at speaker's corner by a group of muslims you know that's my crazy life but how i then tell that to people is i sit i imagine myself sitting in my kitchen talking to people like me other mums other Mm. and that and that's very much how i think we can bring stories um, and make people interested in them and also make people relate to them because ultimately we all identify as mums or dads or brothers or sisters and i think we can tell the stories of our planet in that way and in that way we have our voices heard um, and so that's what I really try and do. Um, and sometimes it works well, sometimes I fail dreadfully, but um, that's generally my approach. And you can hear more from Katie Hopkins in person, Sebastian Gorka, Larry Elder, Travis Allen, John Cox, and other speakers tomorrow afternoon at the Unite IE Conservative Conference, Riverside Convention Center for the afternoon session, $40. You can buy tickets at the door, and it's going to be well worth your time and the price of admission. This is going to be our best conference ever. Midterm Madness is sweeping through the Inland Empire on April the 8th. Be a part of it, because this is the most important midterm election since they were created, Greg. I agree, Don. Be there.
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.